0: tuning in today to the Big Blue Podcast. I'm your host Vic Moore and let's get into today's interview. Today we have a very special guest and uh, we're going to kind of go off script and go off format with this and with this interview I'm going to be opening up the podcast to every alumni period who ever came through the Hall of Halls of Farragut. And today we're going to be talking to (laughs) Scott McBride from the class of, Scott? 1984. That's right, 84. Now, four is a significant number because you were connected through that number to the quads, the group, this pep rally group that we did uh, oh. with you know, Scott McBride, Carl Thoma, Vic Moore, Doug Floyd. There was a fourth. We had Mad Matt Morgan, Jeff Morgan that I interviewed already. We kind of kicked <laughs> him out one day because he, he wanted to go do homework of all things, right? He didn't want to do a skit. But anyway, right. Jeff's fine. He's back now. But Scott, tell me, what the heck have you been up to for the last, what is it now, going on 40 years almost?
1: Right, Wait, it's been that long? Oh, crap. All right. Well, let's see. <laughs> so uh, out of high school, I went to UT for a year, majoring in theater, and I, I, it's so funny because I've been doing theater my whole life, and, and so now here I am majoring in theater at the University of Tennessee, and it, it just wasn't, it wasn't clicking for me. Mm-hmm. And one day, I was in the green room at the Clarence Brown Theater, and I look up on the board, and there is a an audition notice for the Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Clown College. Wow! I'm like, i like, I never that that was never you know in my head to you know t- to do clowning, but you know when you're an acting student, you audition for everything. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go do it.
0: Ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, Kenneth Feld and Nicole Feld are proud to present Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. Welcome to the greatest show on
1: earth. I'm going the audition. So the audition is on the floor of the circus in the rings. It's between shows. So the clowns who are, doing the, who are holding the audition are in makeup. And this is at the Knoxville Civic Auditorium. So I go into the floor, and and it's you know you're in the rings, and I just remember uh, it was a it was a moment of epitome uh, where I just knew that I was in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. and uh, so my audition went great. I felt it was good. It was a lot of improv, you know, kind of stuff, very physical comedy, obviously, and. um And then after the audition all the uh they had all the participants auditionees sit separately up in the you know around spots in the arena and then they do like a post interview uh and 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 i'm sitting there i'm watching like each one like a clown sits with one and they leave and clown sits with another person they leave and i'm like why isn't anybody talking to me and i'm like couldn't understand because I thought my audition went really well
0: mm-hmm.
1: well what happened eventually is that all the clowns came up and sat around me <laughs> and uh they they just started like you know how do you feel about living on a train how do you feel? they just started giving me like drilling <laughs> me like about the reality of of the
0: circus and uh they were picking you <laughs> or,
1: they were and so and then a couple of months later I get a letter in the mail from the Ringling Brothers Clown College, and opened it up, and they had ins- they put in it like this, the confetti popped out of the letter, <laughs> and they said I got accepted.
0: That's hilarious. And, uh, is it like some kind uh, of a, a, a trigger spring operation? Yeah, <laughs>
1: the, yeah. There's like a little spring in it that, that popped out this confetti out. I was like, oh well, <laughs> uh, the funnest letter I ever got.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah.
1: Uh, so then, you know, then, then I went to Clown College and it was uh, honestly, uh, Vic, it was some of the best theatrical and performance training I've ever had. Mm. Um, it was because it's more, it was more about character development. You know, I mean, yes, we, we had, of course, you know, circusy things, you know, what a spinning class and a juggling class and mm-hmm. stilt walking and, and things like that. But um, the guy who was the guy who's running Steve Smith who was the director, uh, he, he's from Chicago. He's, he comes from the, the theater of Chicago. So he, he brought with him these great teachers from from Second City, um, mm-hmm. from you know all kinds of just great, great training. It was some of the best training I ever had. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, then they gave me a contract with the circus. And <laughs> next thing I know, I'm living on a train
0: that is traveling awesome. across the face of the world literally <laughs> yeah and then if you have to you know pick up and go overseas you do that and get back on another train no no we,
1: we no uh, we were just we were just in the continental United States
0: okay all right
1: uh they did have a they did have another uh special unit that did uh did some European and Japanese um tours but uh, I wasn't on that I was I just did the mm-hmm. the american tour.
0: I saw the film, docu- docudrama film, of the origin of the Barnum-Bailey story, and it's been about, I don't know, maybe a year ago, and it was fascinating to see how it all got started. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see that? Was it kind of accurate, I just, what you understand? I, just,
1: I, I didn't see that one, but I, I do know this. The Circus, the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus uh, ran for like 146 years. Yeah. So... You know, it's, it's, it's an American tradition, and I'm really sad that it's gone.
0: Yeah. But, uh, what, What's up with know, that? Why did it go away?
1: It was the animals. They, once they got rid of the elephants, that was it.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, I You know, I, I was very fortunate that I got to befriend an elephant hmm. on the show. She and I performed together every day. If you, want, if you want to hear an elephant story, I got a good one. Yeah, let it roll. So, uh, i i i I worked with this elephant. Her name was Baby, youngest of the herd of twenty four elephants. We call them the girls because they're all female.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We called the we called the elephants the girls. Uh, she's like the youngest and the like very precocious, and uh, and I am like the youngest in my family. But we had a very a very bonding experience. You know, I used to, uh, in fact, I used to hide. <laughs> I used to hide carrots in my costume. Um, I had to hide them because the, you know, the, the the trainers use food as a reward system. So, but I would I would hide carrots. Which the downside to that is she would always frisk me every time she saw me. <laughs> Elephants got a lot of snot, <laughs> so I always get frisked. One time, one of my favorite stories is to to show the kind of personality elephants have Uh, we're playing Hershey Pennsylvania and it's in the summer and it's very hot and so they would have between shows they would have what they call water time with the elephants you know have a hose and a trough of water and they play in the water well on the second show I come running out like I always do she puts her leg down like she always does and I hikes me up you know and I sit behind her you know on her neck And we go out, and we there is this one point where all the elephants sit down on the bull tub, and they sit up, and they do what's called a roundup, and that's when they take their trunk and and round it up, you know, their head. (laughs) What I didn't know is when she did the water time, she had held on to a snoot full of water, (laughs) and and just at that moment, I am like ta da, she sits up, and I go ta da. And she fire hoses me right in the face. <laughs> like, blows my hat off to the, like now it's on the back of my head.
0: <laughs> but it stayed on. It stayed on.
1: <laughs> it stayed on, but now it's on the back of my head. So, so, you know, this is a 10,000 seat arena. So the audience sitting right in front of me, directly in front of me, just started laughing because it's hilarious. To watch watch To watch a clown get fire hosed in the face by an elephant. <laughs> and but here's the thing: the, the animal trainer, he's the star of the show, Gunther Gable Williams.
0: Oh yeah.
1: He, he he didn't he didn't see what happened, but he heard the audience laughing, and he does not like getting stage in his own act.
0: Oh no, oh no!
1: So he, he comes running over, and he's got he's got this thick German accent. He's like clowny. That's what he called his clownies. clowny. Clowny, you know clowny in my act. you're Clowny in the clowny act. <laughs> yelling at me and i'm gonna and i'm gonna this is the truth i felt that elephant laugh underneath me she went she went she thought it was hilarious me getting yelled at like LEGO.
0: that is hilarious and you know it's got to be true elephants are so bright and brilliant they are <laughs> oh did anybody film that <laughs>
1: i wish i wish nope unfortunately That's this hilarious. was this was in the 80s you know we didn't have you know the phones like we we do now with the right
0: all right. that yeah he probably really thought you were trying to pull a fast one There had i think <laughs> did you get to explain later? anybody explain to him later hey this is the elephant's doing
1: no he just yeah no <laughs> just yelling at me oh, so got the
0: blame <laughs> yeah well maybe it's happened before and it's like rare but you know he's not a showstopper obviously they didn't fire your ass.
1: <laughs> nope. I didn't get fired. But I got I got a good finger
0: shaking. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you ever do that again. You know, it's like, oh, and the elephant's laughing, you sense the laughter. I the elephant was laughing. She's
1: she was she was a nutty. She's nutty. All right. Really
0: so Let me ask you this, so we can get a time frame on this. Okay, so it was nineteen eighty four when you graduated, two years after right. your your, right. your quad affectionados. Um, right. and then you're into ut long enough to realize mm-mm, mm-mm. and then you apply for ringling and you said it was about two months when the acceptance letter blew up with the confetti
1: right okay. so I, I wound up going i wound up going to clown college the ringling brothers and barnum bailey clown college in 1985 and wow. well uh, yeah. no, like it was uh, september october november
0: so that's quickly out of graduation. You're in college, right, right, but you're right. in a certain college. I'm thinking there is like rare alumni in this particular college. I mean, were, how many people do you know had at that point gone through it? And since you went through it, is there a small group?
1: Of so, the interesting thing is when I auditioned, it was just on a lark. I'm just like, yeah, you well, know, why not? When I get to Collin College, I found out that some of the people there have been auditioning to get into the school for years yeah yeah it's uh, because they only accept at least my year they only accept like 50 people and Mm. that's nationwide yeah so (laughs) so uh, and uh, it's, it's sort of like you know that you know people who like play the lottery over and over again and mm-hmm. then that one guy who's like plays once and he gets in. He gets in he wins here's, the lottery.
0: here's the analogy I look to like to look at it because I knew in the back of my mind it was a rarity to be accepted to this exclusive, um, you know, internationally uh, well-known college, and I, I was thinking maybe the analogy would be like this: you go and you kind of uh, you're invited to a soiree. And you go into the desserts early, don't realize that one of them is reserved for the queen and king only. You start eating this cheesecake, and it is so rich and so delicious, and it's a little bit on your face, and you walk back out, and then you find out later. And now we present the king's cheesecake, and you're like, oh, I already had a bite of that. I didn't know it was that important.
1: (laughs) And by the way, it was delicious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was delicious. Kind of like Downton Abbey. My lord, what are you eating, my lord?
1: (laughs) Right. And I turn around and I got cake all over my face. Do
0: you realize that we worked for 30 years to get this recipe right <laughs> for the cake? You come in here.
1: I was so hungry. I didn't mean Open to. Open the Right. Like, <laughs> 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 so, that, I mean, yeah. <laughs>
0: kudos, kudos to you, Scott. I always knew you had it in you, even in school. I, I knew you had something special, more than just your wiriness, your quick wit your ability to adapt on location on the second you know turn on a dime and make make something out of it and uh, you know it was it was great um so i'm so glad that you were able to get in with that group of people to hone and finally uh, you know take your talent and make it polished and shiny and now and now look what you're doing. Now we're going to get to what you're doing in a minute here just a second. Let me let's stick with the pattern of previous interviewees. Okay. All, all right. right. So after okay, you get you're in the, you're in the school, you're in the college and you're doing this and so from you said 85, how what kind of a span time do, were you all over the United States with, this, with um, this group? right. So between
1: 85 and 88. Okay. Um and so uh 80 88 89 I came back to Knoxville. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: And, um, just by a crazy coincidence, uh, I, I ran into, uh, the director of the Bijou theater, which the, the, the Bijou theater is, um, it's like a Mecca for me. It's like, I, you know, I grew up in that theater, you know, as a kid, I did shows there all the time. And so they just happened to be looking for a new Artistic Director at the Bijou mm-hmm. in downtown Knoxville. And I just, I happened to be right there again, mm-hmm. right place, right time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get offered, uh, get offered to, to, to work at the Bijou mm-hmm. as, the, as the Artistic Director.
0: Now, let me ask so, you this about the Bijou Theater itself. I remember back in the day, in the early 80s, there was a big news piece on there. We are going to be renovating the Bijou Theater. Right now, you take pictures of it, there's like old cars in it, and they said, Abraham Lincoln came here once to watch a performance. We're going to make this thing a showcase again. <laughs> so, didn't they do that? They renovated it before you got there, obviously. They
1: did, they did. It's gone through a few renovations. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful, historic theater. Uh, it was it was part of the original like in the vaudeville circuit, mm-hmm. and so so many great acts like uh, the Stooges back when there were the four Stooges and the Mark <laughs> Brothers and um, you know a, a, a lot of the great vaudevillian uh, actors and performers, which mm-hmm. is interesting because what I do now is very similar to that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: um, but yeah, so it's it's just beautiful old wonderful theater and it's you know what I like about it? the acoustics are amazing um, I remember one time Mel Torme was performing and he he like he, he got off the microphone because I'm going to show you the, the great acoustics of this theater because it was it was built before you know before electronics before electronic you know um, sound mm-hmm. and he he did a whole song off off mic mm. And it was beautiful.
0: Was his um, was his guitar as well acoustic, or was it?
1: No, no, he was just singing a uh, acapella. Okay, okay, like just, yeah, just you know, he just wanted to mm. to show how wonderful the acoustics are. That's cool. So, but th- but that's what I did. Like for seven years, I was the artistic director at the theater that I grew up in.
0: Yeah, that's, and I that's I, I loved it. So, as an artistic director, that meant you were in charge of doing exactly what day to day. So my job
1: uh, was, uh, we had several, we would do main stage shows in the theater, and we also had a touring company, so my job was mostly to produce, you know, put, put, put these shows together, just, you know, you know, hire the directors, hire the costumers, you know, hire the set designers, just to put these shows together. And, where's uh, the
0: budget coming from for this is it pre-sale budget
1: it's, it's so uh, the visual theater is a non-profit production so it would come from various things donations mm-hmm. uh, we also got some um, um, some grants you know you know there's <clears> your, <throat> for, you know um, and um, you know and we did a lot of touring so we would go to schools and that was some of my favorite part is touring around the schools and uh just you know j- you know doing doing art for the kids you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah i mean it was it was a very very rewarding experience
0: so the, the local high schools middle schools and what, what kind um, of, all, yeah. all around the southeast we tour around
1: yeah you know, mm-hmm. i mean we tour around like you know uh, Local schools, um, you know, all, 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 all around the southeast.
0: Mm-hmm. What was what? I'm just what kind of uh, performance or what kind of show would no, you take to the no, kids? The,
1: so kids, were, so it was all it was a variety of just like children's theater geared towards kids. So I mean things like James and the Giant Peach, or you know, there's a lot of children. There's a lot of great children's theater.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, bunch. Okay, cool. So, um, so you went on that location as the set director or the artistic director as well. So they had you right there and made everything right. So I guess you did it between performances at the Bijou Live. You know, you went. You just kind of alternated the schedule.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of did a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of hats. You know, like I said, it's a nonprofit organization. Uh, with not a great budget, but mm-hmm. so. You know i did all kinds of things i would drive the drive the truck you know i would drive the truck you know to to the to the schools right uh, i would perform um i often very often performed in the shows um and uh just whatever needed to be done to make these happen you know
0: okay i'm gonna i'm gonna intersect i'm gonna enter uh and start here again what i mentioned with jeff morgan in his interview. Um, yeah, you were working at a nonprofit, probably not a huge budget, not, you're not making millions, but you know what you were doing is you were doing the love of your life. You were doing the thing you really enjoyed and you didn't care, uh, what hat you had to put on next. And that alone, like I told Jeff and some other people I've interviewed is worth at least thirty, forty thousand 40,000 a year. Just the satisfaction of going to work that day and loving it.
1: I, I, I woke up every day and love my job.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's,
1: you know, you know, that's for me, that's what it's about. Uh, I, it was, it was, it was always so much fun and I enjoyed so much. And and the people that I worked with, um, were wonderful. And, Mm. you know, I just, I'm doing something that I love, you know, and that was great. Yeah. And I absolutely absolutely loved
0: it. I get the sense that we're going to jump here in a minute. I get the sense that current 2021, you are doing the same thing. You're loving what you're doing. That is that is true. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Okay, but right now we're we're stuck in the Bijou, <laughs> and we're going around nope. southeast. Not really all stuck, right. but we're 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 having fun at the Bijou in the southeast with kids, and and we're doing these artistic directions for all these performances. You got people coming in and out. Um, so that went on from like what you said, eighty nine ish. And how long did you do that?
1: Uh, I I I actually actually huh. Um, actually I did it for seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was actually ninety-five to two thousand and one. Okay. Um no two oh 2002 I I I moved up here to New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on on Groundhog's Day <laughs> February second, <laughs> two thousand and two. So yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was like from ninety five to two two thousand and two.
0: Yeah, you, you arrived in the Big Apple after the big disaster that happened on 9-11. Correct.
1: Just, um, just a oh few man. months afterwards, as a matter of wow. fact, yeah.
0: I guess the smoke wouldn't even... Clear. I bet the thermite was still hot and heavy down in the basement, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm not going to get conspiratorial here. Don't make me get conspiratorial, Scott. You're, you're pulling nope, it out nope, of me. No, nope, nope,
1: nope. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, uh, anyway, you know, I, I think I Google too much, and it shows. Okay, so um, all right, so 2002, you're through from Knoxville. How in the world? How what? How did you get up to New York City from Knox Vegas, and what led you there?
1: So uh, here, here's a thing that happened. Um, there, the this new company took over the Bijou, um, and of course, they brought all their people in. So. I was out, and New York was a was a destination I always wanted. Now that my 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 um, Knoxville dream job was over,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because that that really was for me. That was the that was the, the best job I could have in Knoxville, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being artistic director at that theater. So now that that was over, I was just you know you know it's it's kind of a spontaneous thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. i just i just loaded up and i was with carl thoma at the time
0: yeah i was gonna say you you know it reminded me because our theater teacher ginger riley she used to take some of us up to new york city to get a feel for the broadway show did you ever go on any of those trips
1: Uh, my first time ever to new york was with the drama club with with ginger riley yeah with now, that that was my first time I ever went to New York. Yeah. <laughs> I was, those are some fun memories. Right. Oh, coming, yeah. I
0: bet they were. Coming, I up, go, but.
1: Right, coming up and watching Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was in 1982, I think. <laughs> I can't remember. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was my first New York experience mm-hmm. was, was with the Farragut High School Drama Club <laughs> coming up here. So, uh, but... Anyway, so it's it's 2002. It's Groundhog's Day. I literally just throw a bunch of crap in a in a rental truck and drive. And me and Carl drive up from Knoxville to here, oh. and without without really a plan. <laughs> but I, I, one of my good friends, his name is Sam Ward. Sam Ward is also a Farragut graduate. Um, he was already here. He and his wife had moved here like a couple of years
0: earlier. What do you know and what he, year do you know what year he graduated? I
1: think he graduated in eighty eight.
0: Okay. Sam uh, Sam also, Ward, right, Sam.
1: Right, Sam Ward. Also in the drama club. He mm-hmm. he he you know, he was in the drama club. Uh he now he currently now works here at NBC. He works at he works at uh, Thirty Rock mm-hmm. as a stagehand. and um you know he works on Saturday Night Live and the Tonight Show and you know all the all the things that they shoot there. Yeah. Um, anyway, he, he was working at a at a at a lighting company, Big Apple Lights, here in New York. So I at least had a job opportunity here. So
0: I was that, like, "All right." That was your foot in the door. That was your job, in, you know, to make other things happen. Yeah,
1: correct. So when I moved here, I that's that's what I got. I got the job mm-hmm. working, and it's a rental house they they they, they out theatrical lighting, you know, for 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 off Broadway theater and and stuff, and so. What about Carl? I, did
0: you take Carl along with you? What What happened to him?
1: No, no, he didn't do the lighting gig. He and his partner uh, finally reconnected, and so I think mm-hmm. he went back down to Atlanta for a little bit. Okay, um, but he did eventually wind up coming back up here. So, yeah, he was kind of back and forth. But, right. um, uh, but yeah, I was uh, I I got this job with this lighting company, um, and it was great. Mm-hmm. You know, nice let me just say job that lasted for a couple of years and then I wound up I I left them and because of my connections uh I started doing lighting uh, working as a lighting technician like in like um basically doing off-Broadway and event lighting um you know working in the theaters actually working in the theaters so then that you know that's you know right right in the place i wanted to be
0: right, you know yeah, yeah.
1: doing doing off-broadway you know making a lot of connections um you know in the in the theater community uh and then that led me to produce start producing my own stuff which is which is what i'm doing now
0: okay now we're at current day level um so from 02 02- introduction introduction to new new york city you get the job lighting you said you worked there for about three years doing the lighting i
1: worked there about three i worked there about two or three years and then i went off on my own uh as a, as a um uh as a freelance uh lighting technician okay which, which is which gets you a lot of work here
0: oh yeah of course there's many studios as light bulbs right
1: <laughs> right <laughs> right exactly so, well, here in Nashville,
0: know, they say uh, there's there's more performers than there are, let me see, what is it now? There's more, uh, I can't remember what they said. <laughs> right now, I'm there's sure. more cranes than there are guitars in Nashville. I'll tell you that much right now. It's growing. But right on. I think it was like the audience is just as many as, everybody in the audience is a performer. Okay, there it is. Everybody's second terms. Right,
1: right. <laughs> I always say this because because I've, I've done this many times. I've done shows where there are more people on stage than are in the audience.
0: <laughs> now, really, that, that may sound for some people pathetic, but, you know, really, it speaks to the hunger, the passion, the drive, and also, look where you are. I mean, you're in the big apple of all apples right there where it happens. So, yeah, it's going to happen. You're going to have a lot of people there. So, you know, cheer on your comrades, you know?
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> Right on. Right on, yeah. And you know what? Uh, the so working in the variety show industry here in New York, it's um, there's a lot of camaraderie, and like it's 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 it's, uh, it's kind of a close knit community, mm-hmm. you know, of um people because we all do the same thing. We we all have the same uh, the same kind of hunger mm-hmm. that we want to perform and we want to perform the our our original um material the things we want to do
0: mm-hmm. you know oh, you're into a lot of cool stuff you're living the life
1: <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's new york city
0: <laughs> yeah so, that too
1: yeah you know i'm just doing the I'm, I'm, you know I, the reason i moved to new york city was because how much i love the entertainment industry yeah and uh, that's no that's that's what i'm here for that's what i'm doing mm-hmm. doing 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 my own shows um I, I currently what i'm doing now is uh i i produce and host or i should say co-produce and co-host um cabaret shows oh
0: cool and,
1: yeah and cool. here in, here in new york it's a so it's, it's a it's a big thing you know uh, so we have um mostly it's like it's like sideshow and circusy stuff and uh, burlesque which is also very big here in new york now
0: was, and, there, uh, was there a burlesque revival? Because I know it was real big before TV and the talking movies and all that. It was the only thing you could do for fun, is the right. live show. But it, was there a resurrection of that recently, or did you catch the wave?
1: But yes, it is. It is a. It's a big. It's a big thing here in New York. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of burlesque theaters and a lot of burlesque shows. Um, and basically, I just what I love is it's 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 the variety the variety show market is a big deal here uh-huh. and uh, we're just it's, it's a lot of
0: fun it's
1: a lot of fun a lot of, a lot of very interesting people so put, th- put this
0: in my context I'm walking down New York City I know 42nd Street has got the Broadway shows left and right mm-hmm. am I going to see like 15 burlesque uh, um, outlets next to 15 theaters are they rare are they ubiquitous
1: Um, I wouldn't say they're rare but the, you're also not going to see 15 of them of course but you're going to find them mostly in, like, the off-Broadway market. You know, like, the down in, like, the Lower East Side, we uh-huh. have a lot. In Brooklyn, Brooklyn, we have a, we have a few. Um, and, and a lot of places, uh, just like a burlesque theater. I mean, we do have some of those. But we also just have uh, various clubs and various places that will do burlesque in their clubs.
0: Right. Now, let, so, let me gauge the debauchery level on this, because... Um is it like something you can you've got to be at least 18 I'd say is it on the rating of like the red light district
1: it's you know what what you're going to get is all of, is like it's going to be a lot of comedy involved not just about the this tripping aspect it's about the creativity and this mm-hmm. is what I love about working in the variety uh industry and the uh, and that is that the people that I work with and perform with they create their own acts Mm-hmm. These are very creative people who just come up with their own acts you know as opposed to like you know being an actor and, and you know doing someone else's lines it's, these are things that they come okay. up yeah. with and they're more original it is
0: and they don't worry about they don't worry about any censorship that's not even in their thinking when they get the script in their mind or the act in their mind they don't worry about any of that so it's free literally free
1: that is correct okay that's that what correct. I'm trying
0: that's what I'm trying to envision here and that, I think that's awesome because Where else can you get that on media but on HBO-type things? Or now, some cable, you know, like Netflix. You know, it's starting to get, it's certainly more liberal. But there you go. So, but and the thing is, I guess, when you go into this theater, is this is live. This person made this material, and I'm experiencing it right here. Maybe for the first time ever, if they flip the script in their mind, they, tonight I'm going to do something different, right? So you might be in that audience.
1: Right, right. Um, For example, uh, one act that I do with my partner, uh, we do a bed of nails act, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, the bed of nails, which is an it's an ancient act. It's been around for for hundreds of years. But it is it is something that people are going to see live. And what they're going to see is something that and I was, you know, uh, this up when I when I'm doing my act. And that is that it is an actual very dangerous thing that you're going to see right in front of you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is, what, this is what I love about the kind of shows that I'm working in, and that is that the, you're very connected with the audience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know you, you get a lot of energy from them.
0: Like Rocky Horror, and, Rocky Horror Picture Show used to be. Something like
1: that. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. It, 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 it's, it's a lot of audience participation. You're, you're, you're playing directly to the audience. You're, you're very much involved with them. And they're very much involved with you.
0: That's good. and it's great. Yeah, you're, you're, you're like you're connected, and you, 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 you feed energy both directions.
1: Correct, correct. <laughs> I get energy from them, and they get energy from us.
0: Like remember, well, remember Robin Williams. You know, Robin Williams at the height of his stand-up career, he would go out literally in the audience. He wore the audience like it was a robe. Right. And if he didn't have an audience and just had a camera up there, forget it. Robin, you're sunk. He needed that, and he was a king of that. It's, of course, stand-up related. Um, right, I can see him being a burlesque star, you know, right. if he wanted to keep if he was around. Well,
1: well, you know, uh, you know, and I got a lot of this like back in my days when I was uh, with the Ringling Brothers Circus mm-hmm. uh, doing the clowning. Uh, the Ringling Brothers, we would go. Uh, we do a, what a thing called come in, and come in was like right before the. Right before the circus started, the clowns would actually just go out into the audience, mm-hmm. and we just we just work the audience while they you know while they're finding their seats and can sit down, mm-hmm. and this was like 30 minutes before the show. So that was a that was a thing that I that I I did <laughs> o- on the show, and it was it was one of my favorite parts, you know. Being in the audience.
0: Totally spon- t- spontaneous. Every audience a different member. Here's a guy with, here's a big fat guy in a suit. Here's a little kid that's rambunctious. Here's a mother over here, this kind of show, you know, always. Right. So you got to be thinking on your feet, you know, You got. what am I going to do here? Am I going to grab his popcorn? He's going to pull a gun on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Fortunately, that never happened. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. so my very first, I've created this character. His name is Clown Kong, right? Mm-hmm. King Kong, Clown Kong. Yeah. And he is this character that I've developed. And he's like this kind of this debaucherous lounge lizard <laughs> clown character. <laughs> and uh, and my very first show as Clown Kong, um, I did it at the Bleecker Street Theater, which is located in the East Village. Um, mm-hmm. And it was part of the Howl Festival. And uh, I, I, it, it was it's kind of like a part play part variety show, but it's styled kind of after that. Like the remember the Jerry Lewis telethons. Oh yeah. <laughs> on, yeah. On the La- Labor Day telethons kind of styled after that. So, but I put a story to it so I can do this variety show, but with a story. So it's kind of like a play and a variety act. So the, the, the premise of the show was that clown gong has to do um community service. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> his community service was ho- hosting a telethon for for people with chorophobia. Chorophobia. Okay. Col- col- is fear of clowns. <laughs> so is that, a, is, clown- that a re- is
0: that a real DSM-5 entry? I mean
1: what well, uh, what's
0: and- that? Uh, the DSM, uh, sorry, that's my bailiwick showing through, Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Health Disorders, they all have everything laid out, Boy, I tell you, in the 50s yep. it was a pamphlet, now it's a novel. So, would that, co-ophobia, how do you spell that?
1: co C-O-U-L-R-O-P-H-phobia. Okay, we
0: got that part. <laughs> so, 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 that would be... phobia this is a real thing, then, right? And it's something you make up. Is
1: real, this is a real thing okay. that people have. I've experienced it mm-hmm. only a few times. A lot of people, people say this to me. I was like, "I'm scared of clowns. Well, clowns are scary." You know, I'm <laughs> scared of clowns. You know, I'm like, you know what? You, it's kind of trendy for you to say that. Yeah. But uh, I've seen people with actual chorophobia experiencing me and clown makeup. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> and it's if you're not shaking and crying. And, you know, that you don't, you're not really afraid of clowns. So, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: anyway, I get that a lot.
1: Stephen King,
0: Stephen King didn't do a whole lot to help that now, did he? With the (laughs) it thing.
1: Actually, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who ruined it for clowns. John Wayne Gacy.
0: (laughs) Don't get get me
1: started. John Wayne Gacy, Pogo the Clown, the murderer, the murdering clown. Uh, Yeah. After, after that you know, cause people used to love clowns. Oh yeah. And then John Wayne Gacy comes along, Burgers <laughs> people. Anyway, I'm going off track here. So my show was called clown Kong's Chorophobic telethon. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a mouthful, but basically the show was me hosting, <laughs> hosting a telethon. Of course we didn't make any money. But we just had a whole cast of characters come in and do a lot of fun, just a lot of fun acts, and that's what got me into the variety show, um, um the, the thing here, the, the the variety show business mm-hmm. here in New York, you know. So that 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 was my lead into it, mm-hmm. and um, then I, and that was a one-off, you know, it was just for the festivals, for the Howl Festival. And well, uh, um,
0: wait a define how or howl?
1: Howl Um, it's uh, Allen Ginsberg's poem, Howl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there is a festival that is uh, dedicated to to on to, to Allen Ginsberg and to the to the whole uh, his whole um, Allen Ginsbergness. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> T- t-
1: Allen Ginsburg is a poet, he has this poem called Howl, H-O-W-L.
0: Mm-hmm. It's right. hard
1: to explain. I'm All right, right so
0: Allen Ginsberg, 1959, Howl, um, and other poems, it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, let's see. Stunning controversial epic once considered obscene three-part poem, Howl. Um, okay.
1: You can, you can also look up a Howl Festival.
0: Let's see.
1: A Howl Festival, NYC, and that okay. that will probably, there'll be be an explanation of right. how they came up with
0: this uh, okay more than a century east village yeah poets yep. musicians vaudeville yiddish theater three days of family fun and entertainment Wait, is that <laughs> you is that a picture of you with a bow tie on and a v-neck thing <laughs> no, no. i do I, I, I don't i think the wouldn't be that well dressed <laughs>
1: right so so yes. Yeah, so that was that was my lead-in into the variety of uh, 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 New York variety industry, and then after that, I developed a show uh, called Debauchery, which is hilarious because you you've been using that word a good bit today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my show is called Debauchery. My co-host and co-producer is one of the most amazing uh, and most well-loved New York City burlesque performers. Mm-hmm. And so she and I just put this show together where we just got this variety of crazy acts and we do it, we do it, we did it monthly. Um, And the the Stormy Leather is an amazing performer. And we, we did this, sorry, that was my phone. And we did this um, kind of a, Messed up, sunny and share type act. <laughs> As we co-host, I'm the debaucherous clown, and and she's the beauty, and <laughs> she's the smart one, you know. And I'm the idiot, and uh, so that that was our act, you know. That was our bit. That's what we did. Uh-huh. We did all kinds, you know. And so we would we'd host the show, we'd do some of our own bits, and then we'd have all these great acts come in. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, that's how I got to, mostly, mostly through, mostly through storming. That's how I got to learn and and meet some amazing, talented people. Yeah. So, we did that show for about five years.
0: All right. So, tell us what the calendar year is at this point. T- all right. So, let me see.
1: Where Where am I now?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh crap!
1: It's been I've been here twenty years. So I gotta mm-hmm. put I put it all together. Oh yeah. So about halfway through, maybe. Yeah, like halfway through. I think we're halfway through my 20 years here in right. New York. Um, that, that got me to, let's see, it's 2021. I think that, that got me, I think it was like from from 20, 2014, something in there. And then I started a new show uh, with my new partner, mm-hmm. Um, it's called nefarious <laughs> and it is uh equally as debaucherous.
0: now l- uh, i've got to ask you scott what drives you to these words is it the shock value is it just a quick explanation of what we do here I, you know I, yeah yeah
1: i think i think it, it yeah maybe shock value it's the it's the uh I, I feel like these are are great words that describe what people are going to expect when they come to <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> okay. so it kind of it kind of it sets them up. What is a customer service? I want to make sure I set customer expectations, Mister Moore. You know.
1: <laughs> cus- also, I just I just love saying notorious. <laughs> such, such a fun word to say, notorious.
0: There was a song called Notorious. You could just right. easily right. Par- parody that song.
1: That's gonna be my next. That's gonna be my next show.
0: (laughs) Notorious. Notorious. (laughs) Natasha. (laughs) All right. So great. This is awesome. Um, Now, with the nefarious production, you have a different Mm -hmm. partner. Same partner. Same producer. Uh, No, I
1: have a a new partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their name is Alaska. Alaska Mm -hmm. and I have something in common, and that's we both have sawdust in our bloods. Mm. And meaning meaning, we're both circus folk. Okay. Um, they perform... Uh, Alaska is an aerialist oh. and an amazing aerialist. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we just... That's the thing that we bonded with immediately is our, our circus background.
0: Yeah. Did she also uh, go through Ringling?
1: No, okay. no. Uh, no, it wasn't Ringling. But, um, you know, they have circus experience. Mm-hmm. And so we both we both have that in common, something that we just bonded on. And just one day, I was like, you know what, I want to put another show together. What do you think? You want to you want to join me? And uh, they were like, yeah, let's do it. And now uh, we're we're doing some fun things. We have this currently. We have this uh, one thing that we do. So we're hosting a show again with a, a bunch of crazy acts that come in. But we also, we also developed this act. It's called the bed of nails. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this act it's because it's, it's a very old act. And um, basically, you know, we built this bed of nails. And uh, Alaska is, is amazing, gets on the bed of nails. And, and then I pile bricks on, on them, <laughs> you know. But I have a funny recently funny story, so there's this show called um, the Rose Room and uh, it's a variety show act uh, in this beautiful theater called the Triad theater um, mm-hmm. in Upper West Side uh, Amsterdam and seventy second uh, and they they had a they had a spot open they needed a they needed an act to come fill in and so my my partner Alaska has worked with them many times, and said, "You know what? I got a clown, and I got a bed of nails, <laughs> <they're> like deal." <laughs> so we did a <laughs> fill act. They love their act so much. We're now we're now booked like as a regular act there. Oh, but wow. here's the funny part of this story: um, Alaska is a millennial. They're like in their mid twenties, I think, uh-huh. and. Uh, <laughs> We're This is after the show. We're hanging out in the bar. Our clown makeup dripping off. And we're just sitting around. And Alaska says to me, "Um, do you know who um, John Mellencamp is? I go, you mean John Cougar Mellencamp? 80s icon, uh, Jack and Diane, hurts so good. That John Cougar Mellencamp? Is that who you're talking about? And they go, yeah, apparently, he... He and his son came to the show and told the producer he loved her act. Oh,
0: <laughs>
1: but, but, but Alaska, my partner immediately regretted telling me this because I was like all night, nonstop. <laughs> I'm John Cougar, Cap approved. John Cougar, Cap approved. I'm walking around like, oh, show of hands. Show of hands. How many people here are John Cougar Mellencamp before? Let's see. One. One. <laughs> Who's ever heard? <laughs> I know. All night. I was relentless. At last, <laughs> I like, I really wish I had told you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, he when I think back about John uh, Cougar Camp, he had kind of a Prince thing going on with the name change. And he almost, I think for the same reasons, almost, he literally changed his name from John Cougar, um, right? To the, he added the Mellencamp, which is a strange thing. Usually, you add a name that's a little more. Uh,
1: well, well, I, I mean, I, I may be wrong about this, but uh, what I, from my understanding, from what I remember, like his name was originally John Mellencamp. That's his actual name, mm. but he changed it to John Cougar, yeah. for as a stage name, you know, the Cougar Effect. Think. Right, and then apparently he's like, "Well, you know what? I'm doing really well now. I don't need that cougar. I'm going back to John." <laughs> okay, okay, that's Did, it Then was. he went to John Mellencamp, and then he went to John Cougar Mellencamp. He's like, okay, you know what? Whatever. I'm, I'm just, I just know this. I'm John Cougar Mellencamp approved. Yeah, that's
0: the bottom line there. And <laughs> thank God, it, it, it's true. It's true.
1: That's the most important part of the story. <laughs>
0: Well, that's right. Now, who knows what other, quote-unquote, famous people have been in and out of your audience that you don't even know? Because no one no, ever told you. Uh, you're with 20-somethings. They don't know who these people are. It's true. That's
1: true. Uh, I've, I've hung out with famous people that I don't even, didn't realize that they're famous. So that was I all saw, the I was,
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask you a question on that note. Ding! I was looking at your Facebook photos, and um, I noticed there's a picture, because see, I saw that uh, Netflix series called um, Money Heist, and it was big in Spain, what? and it looks like you're standing next to the guy that was in that, who everybody wanted to kill. He was one of the bank employees in the story, and it's one of the, you're wearing a green t-shirt, looks like there's a girl or a guy next to you in a cross gold bones and he's got his arm around you he's got a, a ring around his index finger and it looks just like that guy he's got a beard. <laughs> it could be uh,
1: it could be I hang out with people all the time that I I I <laughs> I, I, I one time I was my regular bar I hang out with I, I was one time standing at the bar next to Steve Buscemi and didn't <laughs> I had no idea for a long time <laughs> this happens to me all the time yeah. Uh, I, I I I I'm one of those people that I have, um, I I don't recognize people uh, out of context,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know. Right, so
0: right. Like, like yeah. here's one with Ma- Ma- Marilyn Manson a photo with you, <laughs> right after your family photo. I thought that was cute how you sequenced that. <laughs> <laughs> or it's a Marilyn Manson lookalike. The guy looks pretty much like him. Could be a mask. I don't know. Marilyn Maskin? <laughs> But you got some maybe, really wild photos. Maybe.
1: Yeah, well, I live a, uh, you know, I live a wild life.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what an interesting life it is. Uh, never a dull moment, <laughs> I'm sure. And you're constantly coming up with new creative solutions for stage performance ideas, and you get to do them live right there and get immediate. Audience feedback, which is is just hard right. to do. Absolutely, uh, I mean, when people. You think about the motion picture industry; they make a film, and you know, maybe two years later, they get to get the response.
1: Right, they have, they have to. Right, they have to go into the theater and watch it with the audience. <laughs> yeah. To get
0: oh, that. Oh, oh, yeah. And on that note, when I interviewed Bill Perry, Bill Perry is a Star Wars freako freak. I know. He, he had the the background when we did the Zoom, and I told him, I said, "Bill, this is a great background. We're just doing audio though," and he was okay with that, but. So in, in his honor, I had to play, and I found on YouTube this interview with Harrison Ford, and he, he related the first time he saw the film at the Chinese Theater with other people, and they didn't even know who he was. <laughs> and he, he, <laughs> right? And he's listening to the reaction. He even asked him, he said, what do you think about the movie? And they told him, you know, they didn't recognize him at all. But, of course, that all changed. That was just...
1: Well, right. Well, <laughs> the, the famous story is that he was working as a carpenter. Yeah, yeah. For- State. Or Steven Spielberg, and, and you know they just he and George Lucas like he goes you got to you know what you should try this guy out <laughs> and he <was> a carpenter
0: <laughs> yeah stagehand to handling the stage <laughs> da, 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 da. and you know I, that's a that's a wonderful story but you know of course yeah I mean fame could blow your whole career up then you're world famous and everybody recognizes you making a lot of money but then I think what happens sadly and this happens in the band world i'm sure you've seen this like for example when rem went on david letterman i think everything else after that they really didn't have their heart in it. they weren't struggling anymore you know right so the first couple of albums were awesome you know all uh, Mur- right murmur Mur- Mur- back
1: back back in the days when you
0: couldn't understand what they were saying right <laughs> yeah when michael stipe yeah yeah
1: <laughs> what is he saying i don't know but i love it and then and then and then it comes along, uh, shiny, happy people. I'm like, okay, you know
0: what? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're still a good band and everything. But you can tell the struggle that they had early on in their career is, is gone. And and so it's, I guess, it's a you, know, you got to pick your battles. Do you want the fame and money and lose the creativity, lose the struggle, or are you? Well, you know real?
1: what? I don't have to worry about that right now because I'm not famous yeah. or rich. but I am creative right, and, that's right.
0: What... And, and and like we said earlier you are in your element you're happy doing what you're doing and hey that's mm-hmm. what it's all about you know mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. it is you
0: know? it is and you get you're you're in a city with thousands of skyscrapers filled with all kinds of rich executives who every day walk into work and wonder is this the day i jump out that window <laughs> <You know? laughs> right what a life you right. know all that's right. not a life <laughs> i could uh, I can jump off the stage and nothing's going to happen. Mosh pit. Happy, happy I mosh. Happy moshing people.
1: You know what? I keep jumping off that stage. They just keep pushing me back on it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get off the stage. They won't let me.
0: That's okay, like, awesome.
1: Get back up here. All
0: right. All right, now, I've been kind of sideways time in our interview here, Scott. We're, we're approaching the, uh, what I like to call the limit or an hour-ish time. So gotcha, I want to kind of gotcha. start winding this down. Gotcha. But before we do, I want I'll to wait, ask I'll you...
1: Oh, wait, I got more story. I got more stories. Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah,
0: of course. You know, we can always do a part two. Um, but tell me, uh, apart like relationships, family, friends, significant others, any of these oh. um, connections throughout your career? I do.
1: I do have a daughter okay. who is... Who is about to turn thirty? As a matter of fact, wow. Here's, uh, her, her name is Ariel. She still lives in Knoxville, mm-hmm. and she makes way better decisions than I do. <laughs> <And> she's <laughs> way more adult than I am. Um, she's an amazing person. I, I, you know, we since she was like seven or eight, we used to go camping every year. That was our thing to do mm-hmm. together. Go camping in the summer. And I missed out on it last year because of COVID. Couldn't go down. Um uh, but damn we,
0: COVID. That damn COVID.
1: That damn COVID. <laughs> I'll get you if it's the last thing I do. Uh but I did recently I recently just came back from a trip. We we finally got to get, got to have our, our camping daddy daughter day. Oh, that's great. Well, days, days, like the three, four days. We actually what we do is we we um row out we have to row up like a mile across Norris Lake mm-hmm. to this island called uh rabbit island. By the way there's no rabbits. <laughs>
0: but maybe a rabbit, rabbit maybe a rabbit tobacco.
1: And and it was it was great. Just no electronics. Right. Just right. sitting for like we we did it for three, four days. Just Okay, now are you just... a grandpa?
0: Does she have kids? No, no.
1: Okay. Nope. Nope, not a grandfather. Not okay. yet
0: i attempted that but it didn't last long i mean
1: i mean it's possible i might have some grandkids (laughs) somewhere because i went circus for a few years so you know
0: yeah you know sweat blood sawdust
1: i might you know maybe i might be i don't know
0: (laughs) that's funny well that's great so you got finally got the connection again and to your daughter and that was fun uh, your parents I remember in high school are they still around living uh in that oh uh,
1: my 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 mother passed away a few years ago
0: mm-hmm.
1: but my my father still is in the house that I grew up in okay yeah so so it's sort of my mecca mm-hmm. so and I just I just you know uh, I, I i got to go back and uh, mm-hmm. oh and you know what oh by the way when i was there i found a stack of my stuff like from my whole my whole my whole life and i found some quad scripts
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> i yeah. found
1: some old quad scripts Oh yeah. and they're always about you know screw, screwing with with carl <laughs>
0: Always. Yeah, Carl was always the butt of every joke that we could try to make. I know, I he know. had a kind of a clumsiness about him naturally, and he would just end up breaking things. Um, he
1: did.
0: Captain Carl, <laughs> you know, God, uh, God rest his soul. He, he, he. For those of you who don't know, Carl did pass away many years ago. Uh-huh. When was that? Um, uh, ten year, ten. I think it's 10 years. 10 years ago now. We're going to have a yeah. memorial at the reunion uh, coming up. We're going to mm-hmm. have um, the, the classmates that are no longer with us in this bodily form anymore. Right on. Um, and, you know, Carl will be featured there. But you guys had mm-hmm. a special relationship. See, all four of us, you know, Doug Floyd, myself, you and Carl, we were the mainstay quads for many years, did those scripts, we did the pep rallies. Those pep rallies. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, remember the cardboard box with this the refrigerator box we converted into a battleship. And then we did that. Carl was always the enemy. Like if we did cage right. the cage you know, the cat. Wildcat. wildcat. Like Carl, Carl was the, the cat. Right. You're always the uh the, the opposing team mascot. Yes. <laughs> And remember oh, yeah. when we, we attach champagne pop cork stringy things to the end of the butt of our <laughs> rifles? Here, here we are. We're in school with a Daisy Powerline rifle. And we pull the thing to make it look like it's a shot. And then, of course, Carl hits the floor. <laughs> pretty, sure,
1: pretty sure kids can't do this to the day, today.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Don't try this at school.
1: <laughs> right um also one of my favorite one of my favorite memories of the quads is remember when we converted that closet
0: in the theater oh yeah the hidden panel room. The, clubhouse, the hidden clubhouse yeah yeah we had that for a good while I had everything yeah I got had in it trouble well nobody knew because mm-hmm. we we hit
1: it very well mm-hmm. we had a clubhouse in a clubhouse <laughs> in the closet of the theater
0: and the reason it was so well concealed is because literally, it's a hidden wooden, heavy panel that looks just like the wall next to it. <laughs> right. You have to put. You don't. There's no knob. There's no knob. You have to know it's there. You pinch, <laughs> pinch the wooden panel, pull it open, and and I noticed no one was ever going in there. The staff never. <laughs> nobody ever went in there yeah that was so fun and, i still have some had a hidden room yeah <laughs> i got the little sign that we put up that says to those who find this we're not vandals
1: <laughs> we're not we're just
0: we're just quads we're just quads. yeah and let's talk a little bit about the quads because you know that's kind of I, I think you're going full circle when we did those skits because you know we had to come up with that crap on our own we were all writers we got our own sets, Correct. and we did it. Um, Correct. Do you see a lot of that revived now in your current career? I, I see that uh, exactly, <laughs> uh,
1: exactly what I do right now. <laughs> a,
0: little I, a little more debauchery. A little more debauchery.
1: A <laughs> there's a, there's, there's a little more flesh involved. Right. <laughs> you know, I got, you know, I got, I got hot chicks now. Except mm-hmm. instead of the four of us, but you know, well, you know, it, it, it is. It, that's so funny that you mentioned that because that's exactly tr- truth. <laughs> my, mm-hmm. my quad experience was some training for what I'm doing actually right now. <laughs> doing my own shows, yeah. doing my own yes, you know, doing you know just making making things up and, uh, and performing them for people and entertaining people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. That's what I love.
0: Well, do me a favor. Do me a favor if you can take a snapshot. Do you have those paper scripts with you now? Or are they still back at home in, in, in your home.
1: Oh, uh, they're oh they're back at home, but right. when I... But I'll I'll be back down there and for the holidays. Okay, yeah. I will take I will take some pictures and I will send them to you.
0: Yeah, I want to see those because I may have copies of them already. I may have the hard copy <laughs> copy. Cause we make copies, you know. You got to have copies for no, all the actors. No,
1: no. <laughs> well, you know, Carl needs Carl needs to know when he's getting smacked in the head. You <laughs> know, <so. laughs> I think sure.
0: He's got a script for it. Oh, that was great. <laughs> you know, Doug did do some real creative stuff. I think he was the one that came up with "Kill the Animals." Whoa, kill the animals! <laughs> and it's like now, again today, you just don't talk that way, folks. <laughs> 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 oh, that's awesome! All right, well, good. It's good reminiscing. Reminiscing, and let me let me end this way. I'm gonna ask you a couple of real quick round robin questions from back in the day. Sure. sure. Uh, what was your favorite movie to watch or TV show back then in the 80s?
1: One thing I loved, there was a series of years where some great movies came out, but it was in the 70s. I saw Jaws live, you know, when it first came out. Mm -hmm. It was one of my favorite movies because of the fact that everybody at the theater was screaming (laughs) and pulling their feet up in the chairs. (laughs) Because the shark is coming. That was great. That was great. Then Star Wars came out. Mm-hmm. Then Alien came out. Oh yeah. Then 1982, uh, The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing oh, yeah. <laughs> was one of the greatest movies ever. So that, that was my that was my movie experience of the day.
0: That's awesome. You made me think of one from '81 with Kurt Russell, Donald Pleasant's Ernest Nine. Adrian Barbo, um, Escape from New York. Remember Escape <laughs> uh, from New York? Now, if you remember, Escape from New York turned into a maximum security prison, but people still live there, and he went downtown to see a Broadway debaucherous type style show. Yep. Remember that yep. scene? Yep. 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 Ta da. What was the song they sang? Something up. Good old New York. Da-da. Shoot a cock with a gun. The big apple is plenty of fun. a priest. And you'll spend your vacation in New York. you know what they had they were like living in rat rats in a sewer because they shut down the city and everybody's fending for themselves but yet these right. hardcore passionate actors carried on the show anyway <laughs> they're
1: like the show must go on absolutely you know? We have theater people who are stuck in a, a post-apocalyptic
0: situation. <laughs> There's still going to be theater people. You've got to do it. This is what you do. It's like breathing and eating. You know, you perform. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about food uh, on that note. <laughs> what was your favorite hangouts to eat food back then? I'm
1: not going to say it's my favorite, but um, I, Ginger Riley, <laughs> our teacher, our drama teacher, used to take us to Ruby Tuesdays.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Me and Carl would jump in her convertible and she'd take us to Ruby Tuesdays for lunch. <laughs> and, and, day, it was...
0: and, and oftentimes she was the one that got carted rather than us. Right, that. right, okay. right. I happened a lot. Right. Uh, I think she was all of 28, uh, 29 years old. She looked like one of us, you know. Who's the teacher here? Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> you know, I I love Ginger Riley. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, she... she did a lot for me as as a as a young performer as a kid um really ginger raleigh was very very inspirational to me Mm -hmm.
0: and i always remember that Mm -hmm. me as well Uh, we had a great relationship she always pushed me and doug and everybody in the drama team to do your best um and you know and she, do better and come to new york yeah come to new york and you know she was a performer too she went to ut school you know all, all that she david you keith know, and her were comrades I was, yeah i was just about to say you remember that time she brought david keith
1: to the school to farragut to you know uh he he just came to to come talk to the drama drama class do you remember that i think i
0: I, we had already moved on 82 moved on i think that was an 83 you guys also got reagan and rockefeller (laughs) come to your class damn right right right. (laughs) yeah that's great yeah well that was one of my other questions what your favorite teacher so we've covered that now um
1: yeah we definitely covered that virginia riley Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not even
0: going to ask you favorite subject because that goes without saying as
1: well. So. <laughs> Let's see, it wasn't geometry. I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I failed that miserable class.
1: Oh, me too. <laughs> Actually, I found when I was when I found the quad, the quad script is, is amongst all kinds of things. I also found some report cards, and I'm like, oh god. <laughs> How did I make it out of How did I make it out of Farragut? I don't know. You,
0: you had enough credits. You just had enough
1: credits. <laughs> I had just <laughs> enough to get out.
0: <laughs> oh wow. Well, that's awesome. Well, look, um let's wrap this thing up. Okay, today's guest has been Scott McBride. Scott, it's been a blast to talk to you um, about the past and uh, i I've, ver- I've very much enjoyed it. And you just keep doing what you're doing there. Give us a website so people can go look at your current Projects that you're doing, share that with um,
1: us. Um, I mean, I uh, mean, if you like on Instagram, uh, we we have a cycle, a uh, nefarious clowns. Okay. Uh, um, you can find me on Instagram uh, yeah. under Clown Kong in wise Clown Kong Forty Four NYC.
0: Clown on Kong Forty Four NYC. I'm going to put that also in the show notes. Um, sure, sure. Also,
1: also fa- Facebook, Scott Bride. You know. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, and the mic
0: the Mick is an mc not an mac right the mic mc
1: correct, correct.
0: Mm. All right and clown kong I'm a, is i'm a, a mic not a mac mic not a mac <laughs> and clown kong is c l o or is it k
1: no it's C. C-L-O, okay. C-L-O-W-M.
0: okay and then you said that the the rest oh. of the url on that yeah
1: you you can just you know you can just google clown kong yeah. <laughs> it's two words
0: okay good clown
1: right. with a c and
0: kong we'll do that you'll, you'll like show up in, the, in the goog and
1: you can find you can find you can find all kinds of debauchers photos don't <laughs> believe everything you see yeah and try if
0: everybody goes there um see if, we, if you think that's the netflix uh, money heist guy in the bar was got there with zombie <laughs> around him I i'm not real sure he could be heisting some money out of scott's pocket for all we know
1: i have to i have to relook at that because it might be but you
0: know. all right well but, awesome it's been great talking to you um and uh, on your show notes, I'm going to be doing a bio blurb. Um, so when we, when we finish here, I'm going to wrap up the interview with you. i want to stay on. I'm, I'm going to give me some ideas what you want mentioned in there. Or maybe you can just text me a brief bio. You've probably done this a thousand times already. Okay. Uh, like a current bio. Let's just do that. Text me a current one. I'm going to put that in the show notes. And I, I'm going to edit this thing. It's going to take a while. So give me about a week or sure. two. Um, right on. But I do appreciate you, Scott, for being our spearhead interview to open this up to all Farragut alumni. I don't care what year you graduated, you know. Uh, I like doing this. It's fun for me. Um, I've been doing podcasting for a little bit now. I did radio in the background, and it's just a natural glove fit for me. It's my little debaucherous thing I like doing nefariously <laughs> myself. So, <clears throat> nice. All right, any final, final words of wisdom, Scott? Sum up all the wisdom you know in this final statement
1: uh be the person you want to be and do what you love that's, awesome. that's who you are
0: that's it oh. <laughs> best, <laughs> yeah, said. <it's>... best said <laughs> best said all right well thanks a lot scott and um well um you know you're invited to come to the reunion um even though you you graduated in a different year it doesn't matter you were such a vital part I, You
1: know what I was I was kind of an honorary uh 82 class because because you guys were all my friends and yeah. everybody had, everybody like I remember when you guys all graduated I was like I got to find new friends now <laughs> <laughs> I was like Crap, you guys all graduated You're gone. Oh my god, you know, my friends graduate because I was, I was, I was honorary 82. <laughs>
0: Definitely honorary. And it's better than a doctoral honorary, you know? You actually <laughs> right. had right. some fun doing it.
1: <laughs> Is there any money in this? I don't know.
0: But. <laughs> all right well thanks again scott keep new york city uh pumping and thumping out there on on broadway and on anywhere else off of it that you can and your show i can't wait and when i go up there i'm going to be hunting you down to see yeah
1: please show you better you definitely definitely contact me if you do come up here yes. uh, it was so great reminiscing with you
0: right. i really Well, have a great day. Thank you so much again. Thanks for joining us today to the Big Blue Podcast for Farragut High School. If you're interested in becoming an interviewee, please send correspondence to the following email address, also listed in the show notes. Send all correspondence to FHSBigBlue1982 at gmail.com. Again, that's FHSBigBlue1982 at gmail.com.